Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Corey Willis with PPI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today's guest is Christian Roth from BD Diesel. We've had him on before to talk about tons of different diesel products and racing and everything that BD does for the diesel community, race trucks, and for tow rigs. On today's episode, I wanted to chat with him about the 6.7 liter Power Stroke turbo kits he had mentioned before, and then also ask him what they may have for L5P trucks. Those are starting to really take off. There's more aftermarket support that's come on board for those trucks. And really, we wanted to ask him, how do you do research and development and testing and manufacturing during the coronavirus pandemic and how everything's changed as far as, you know, social distancing, workspace, taking safety precautions for workers, and then shipping product all over North America. So he's going to give us an inside look into the ways that they are powering through it still maintaining the inventory flow to their dealers, retail customers, and getting product out the door. All right, let's get to the podcast with Christian and talking about BD Diesel Turbo Kits. Christian, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. It's uh, It's been a little bit since we chatted. Last time we did a lot of turbo talk with uh, the Ford 6.7 and some other things that are going on, but today I wanted to catch up with, with you and BD Diesel and you know, see how you guys are doing and, and things that you guys are working on right now. Yeah, for sure. It's been... Uh, a number of months, and obviously a lot of things have changed since we uh, since we last talked. I think the the conversation, you know, the topics that have been dominating, you know, everything in automotive recently have been, you know, about uh, you know, people having more time, and you know, shops staying busy with working on trucks that you know they're still breaking and still need upgrades. And then I wanted to you know get a glimpse into BD Diesel, how you guys are. You know, working through this and keeping your your vast dealer network and retailers supplied and and getting product out the door and and working on also really cool things you know during this this pandemic. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's uh, it's definitely interesting. It's um, you kind of go about work a little bit differently. There's obviously some uh, additional speed bumps, uh, some additional challenges, but. Uh, uh, just like everybody else, it's you, know, you kind of rise above them and you take on those challenges and you continue to work hard. It's like a, I think it was a curveball that none of us expected. Then all of a sudden, it just happened, and you know, it's just, it, it, it's been challenging. But I, I've seen in you know, specifically, we focus on the diesel truck market, is a lot of, a lot of people, coming together to help and and to be able to keep you know, the, the product flowing, um, supporting each other, whether it's through, you know, social media and, and, you know, Facebook groups or podcasts or just calling people up and just saying, Hey, how's it going? How you guys doing? Anything I can help you out with? And it's been really inspiring to see that. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know what? It's, um, it's all about community, right? And whether that's just your local community, your neighbor, 
your neighboring business, um, your employees, and and the community of the diesel industry. I think um, kind of shows a lot about who we are and how we're, we're always willing to help under uh, under any circumstances, given even a, a pandemic, uh, where even in some cases where you kind of put yourself at risk too, you're always willing to help a neighbor out. Before the podcast, we were chatting a little bit and about some new products. And I wanted to ask you, what is it like bringing a product to market right now? Yeah, actually, uh, so it's a good question. New product to market, it's a challenging one right now. I think in a lot of cases, um, a lot of cases, it's, it's really about trying to keep the business running, trying to keep the business open, trying to support your dealer network, trying to support your employees, right? Um, and so a lot of cases, bringing a product to market right now, it's a balancing act, right? Keeping, yeah. keeping everybody busy uh, and then investing in new product, right? A lot of cases, a lot of people um, on the outside don't understand. A lot of times we invest in a product and it doesn't come to fruition for six to eight months. Uh, so during times of pandemic, that that is a real concern, right? Um, so every time you're investing and you're not getting that return, uh, is a is a concern, and so you tend to scrutinize a lot more. You tend to uh, manage it uh, a little bit more carefully, uh, carry the process a little more, um, and cross your fingers. Your suppliers um, are, are are still functioning, right? So, us in the automotive sector, we're um, we're deemed a essential service, so uh, we've been lucky. And so a lot of our um, our customers are essentials, were essential. Uh, but then once you get down into the supply chain, some of our supply chains aren't deemed essential. Um, or even if they are deemed essential, um, it doesn't make uh, much sense for them to, to remain open either due to health concerns or financial concerns. And so it's, it's a juggle, to be honest with you. You're, uh, you're going great one day and then the next day you can find out that uh, either uh, one particular supplier closed their doors uh, for a month um, or they have a positive um, a COVID case, right? Which will obviously derail production for a number of number of days, if not weeks, until they get that sorted out. So um, it's a little firefighting, which is, to be honest, is a little challenging. Uh, we try to plan the best we can and... Uh, Every time a fire creeps up or, or uh, kind of grows, you kind of stamp it out and, and move on to a next. And it's, to be honest, it's a little like whack-a-mole as well. I think that's probably a good analogy, right? <laughs> You're just trying to get these problems taken care of. And and again, too, is trying to support your employees and your customers and your customers' employees and your customers' customers, right? So it's a, it's a big intertwined mix that uh, you really start to see how connected everybody is. Uh, and the economies of everybody. So, I know we've talked before on episodes about product launches and the research and development and the testing. And there's so much that goes into just one product or SKU number, just creating the number, getting the, the pictures and the description and then the instructions ready to ship out in every box and, and training the sales staff and the dealer network and the online retailers about the product that in and of itself is challenging, but then going through what you just mentioned with, you know, there being unknowns and, 
and further challenges, it's, I could see how it could be very, very challenging and, and almost, you know, in a, in a way it, it's making the best of, of what's available. But I think, you know, it, it, when, when this passes is that that makes, you know, the entire organization, the whole process that you guys have even stronger because you're, you're able to be fluid and make quick decisions and, and still have that patience that, you know, investing money and then the return comes later, which is, you know, so hard. If I think about just myself, like if I was to a special order something, maybe not even automotive, and I got to wait six months, I start to get antsy. And then I think, well, what if I had to wait a year or a year and a half? And that's what you guys go through just normally, you know, with, with the research and development of bringing a product out and testing it. And I think patience is something that, uh, that we're all learning right now and, and trying to get, you know, better at. Yeah, definitely. I would agree. You know, I think one of the the key points is you you kind of take for granted um, when when you have all your staff at one location, right? Um, mm -hmm. Communication is very very easy. Um, you're transparent. You can touch, feel uh, a product. You can react. Now with with the majority of our staff working from home, uh, it, it creates some new challenges, right? So we've had to utilize technology a lot more. Uh, and it's it's a little bit more challenging to uh, to ensure that communication happens, right? So the marketing department, they're all working from home. Um, about uh, seventy percent of the the engineers they're working from home, and then uh, different sections of the plant. So we still have a uh, a manufacturing crew at the plant. Um, they've obviously had to change some measures, manufacturing, social distancing, that type of stuff throughout the plant, and so. Uh, to be honest, you, you kind of compromise and you lose a little bit of efficiency, but uh, we'll take that to, as long as everybody remains safe. And uh, it creates some interesting uh, motion when you watch a product on an assembly line, uh, the motion where it gets handed off to somebody else and they have to leave the area before somebody else can grab it. Uh, it's quite interesting. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting challenge. So not that I ever want to go through this again uh, for anybody, but uh but yeah, we, uh, you kind of really understand where the limitations are and how you can make things better uh, via communication or what have you. So, Yeah, I think of, you know, sometimes it, before all this, it's so easy just to you go to someone's office, knock on the door, ask them a quick question, go back to your office, get something done. And now it's you know either a messenger or some app to be able to communicate. And then it's just changed the way that we've, we've had to interact. But I think, I think it will be more efficient in, in the future and have more or tools at, at our disposal. Last time when we talked, you guys were just getting ready to release the 6.7 Power Stroke Turbo Kits. And I wanted to kind of refocus it, our conversation on the products and see where the Turbo Kits are at and then some other things that you guys have been working on that are, are starting to you know hit the market and are going to hit the market here shortly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the uh, we're pretty excited the Ford 6.7 product, the turbocharger product line has really uh, been released. Um, and that's one of those challenges too that's unfortunately been affected by this pandemic is getting supply. Um, but where those uh, items are starting to trickle out and um, it's a great application. Uh, generally that uh, 6.7 platform has been a very, very good platform. Everybody knows the challenges with the early model, uh, 11 to 14 turbochargers, uh, and the challenges they have with the uh, um, 
with the turbine wheel failures, uh, and so the the high frequency and um, or the the high speed of that particular turbocharger just doesn't it's not conducive to the power that those trucks are making, um, and so you see those turbine wheel failures, uh, and so uh, like everybody um, currently on the market right now is is throwing the late model stuff, the GT thirty seven, which is uh, a significant upgrade into those applications, and so we took a little bit different of an avenue and. Currently, right now, is a lot of people are reusing a lot of Ford parts to retrofit, and so we've kind of casted a, a turbine housing, casted a compressor cover, uh, and we've utilized a lot less or a lot fewer components to make the installation a lot easier, more cost-effective, and so um, we've got some great data on that as far as the horsepower potential of that GT37, um, and so it's pretty interesting to see that. So, and we also have that a, a GT37 stock replacement for that model year, as well as we have what we call as our Screamer series, which is our upgraded um, stock performance version, which is these turbochargers are becoming more and more popular now, uh, just due to uh, some of the emission challenges and as well as installation and so on and so forth. And uh, frankly too, is, is that cost is a big thing and, and cost is obviously a big concern right now during these times right a lot of people if they do have a turbocharger failure um, are focused on value a lot of cases and value doesn't mean the cheapest price it means delivering um, the most performance uh, for the least number of dollars so so it's uh, we're excited about that line uh, we're excited to, to see that product finally come to fruition like you said um, a year Right, so I invested a year ago, and then now finally you start to um, start to bear fruit. So it's been a long challenge, definitely, definitely. So, well, in the market as well, just all around, especially in the newer trucks, is it it, it feels and, and appears like it's it's catching up in the way that whether it's tuning or hard parts or transmissions or turbos or fuel systems is in the future. There's going to be customers who have that need for some of these upgraded turbos and that's what's really exciting what's going to be exciting to see you know in the future is the the power potential and the the tremendous amount of engineering and, and research and development that goes into these products to where yeah, I think our definition of what a emissions equipped diesel truck can do for power and torque is going to be vastly different a year from now versus where it is now or definitely where it was a year ago. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a good point, Patrick, because when we're spending all this research and development, we're pushing that envelope, right? Um, in the case of the late model 6.7, uh, we just recently actually dynoed, um, I'm bringing up the chart right here, and and we were actually kind of surprised and we kind of uh, peeked out close to uh, getting the actual dyno sheet right now and it was it was actually surprising so this is a, a truck and this kind of it supports that theory is is that um, with this upgrade this late model Ford with DPF on EGR functioning everything like that so 100% emissions legitimate right uh, 470 wheel horsepower uh, with the upgraded turbocharger, so and that's a GT37 upgrade. So, 469 wheel horsepower. So, uh, considering that type of power, considering that it's emissions legal, considering that it drives um, just like a factory truck, and considering it still has what Ford calls is their turbo breaker exhaust brake, 
you know what, it, it kind of puts a smile on everybody's faces to say that, hey, you know what, not only do I get a reliable, which at this day and age, everybody wants reliability, right? Everybody's got a job yeah. to do, but same time, I can get 470 wheel horsepower out of something like this. That's emissions least, legal, you know, right? Emissions legal, so it's emissions on, so. And that's what's so different, you know, looking back, say, 10 years or or even five years is an emissions equipped diesel how much power would they make and it was it was less than that and it wasn't as efficient and there wasn't the aftermarket potential that that is there and that's what's really really exciting to to see and just anticipate in the future is where where these can go with some more time and you know some more some more, you know, trucks to test it on and people running the product and different things you guys are working on where that number is probably going to get higher in the future. And it's, uh, you know, been a little bit of time, I think, accommodating it. And we've talked about the, you know, the testing procedures and, and carb approval and things like that that you guys are going through. And that just takes time to, to be able to get through that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, and that's an interesting comment too. It's, it's something that we're actively doing getting testing carb approved and and to be honest there's been the whole carb process been a little bit of a challenge obviously this pandemic is going to put everything on hold um and kind of and it so it should uh but in a lot of cases the carb process is going through revamping uh not sure very many people knew about this but the carb process typically there was a, a very small monetary fee uh, but now They've deemed that um, the Canadian or the uh, California taxpayer should not pay for these carb testing, and so now they're looking to the aftermarket to pay. Um, and some of these test fees—I'm not even going to say it's test fees because it's an application fee. They're upwards of anywhere between fifteen to twenty-five thousand uh, dollars per product, uh, and they're still trying to figure it out. And so they've put a lot of stuff on hold until they. Uh, until they finalize it and so a lot of our um, our products that have been submitted have been hold and on hold until they can lock down this pricing right um, and so that that creates another burden on a business right so twenty five thousand dollars for an application fee um, <laughs> that's uh, that changes things right so you're gonna scrutinize a little bit more on what product is actually financially viable and uh, does it have enough to support that? Um, it's going to hurt the smaller businesses, of course, too, if, if they have a smaller budget. Um, but, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of speed bumps that somebody has to navigate, um, and it's quite challenging. What are some, what are some other projects and, and products that you guys are either working on or you anticipate being you know, up on the site here in the next month or two? Yeah, we got a couple of things. Again, especially during this the situation we are right now we kind of we kind of change our focus a little bit um, and so some of these longer running projects or projects that require uh, significant capital we kind of push those off um, on one to to save cost 
Two is to, hey, is there actually, is the consumer going to actually be purchasing these products? Uh, can they afford these products? And so typically what comes front and center is in the cases where we actually have a product that either applies to a stock vehicle or is a repair product, right? And these are the products we typically see are, are more successful during these times in which they're not upgrade products, they're kind of a repair performance products. So something where something has normally failed and they and they need to upgrade it anyhow. So it's in case like transmissions. Transmissions uh, typically still do fairly well during these uh, conditions uh, because, you know, in a lot of cases, the customer is not going to be putting the exact same transmission back in that just failed. And so uh, transmission performance or transmission upgrades typically work and uh, typically sell fairly well. So um, we have 6R140 transmissions entering the market now. Um, a lot of, we actually have a couple of CARB approved, or sorry, um, not approved is the wrong term. Um, they meet the CARB requirement. Uh, we actually have some older six liter product that actually meets the CARB requirement. We have up pipes for those six liters. So uh, typically Ford is the, really the only source for those up pipes. So it's a, it's a lower user uh, or lower um, selling product, but the guys in California kind of have missed out on all this, right? So. Uh, the other states kind of take it for granted, but the, the California um, customers, they kind of miss out on a lot of the stuff. That's a huge trend that, uh, well, for the, I'd say about a month, is what what I see on Instagram and Facebook is so many projects that people are working on right now where they just didn't have the time before. And a lot of shops that are busy with with repair and you know something breaks and it's well let's you know upgrade it with something you know that addresses the the factory weak points and that's where i see a lot of a lot of conversation a lot of interest and and hear from a lot of business owners that are like hey my shop's busy you know i'm there's a ton of repairs and and fixes and and things that, that we're working on right now so all that stuff is still going on and is going to be needed yeah yeah, definitely definitely it's and again that stuff is is definitely needed it um yeah it's and again it's repairing this product going and helping customers out and that, that's the main thing i've also i saw on i think it was instagram instagram or facebook or both you guys do an amazing job of keeping us all updated with new products or things that you have and i've seen that there's some gas products that that you guys have and it's so interesting. I love engaging with our listeners and and they'll say, hey, I was listening to this podcast. You guys are talking about gears. Well, I also needed them for my Jeep or my Tacoma or, hey, is there something, you know, that I can do for this? And even if it's fleets, you know, they might not all be diesel. They might have a mixture of gas and diesel. And so there's a lot of a lot of crossover. And I think a lot of things that you guys have done in the diesel market that you can just take and apply it towards, you know, a gas platform that's out there and still get the benefits. Yeah, I think there's some exciting markets that we're gonna tackle like that F-150 pickup truck market. And that's a, a typical customer base or, or vehicle that our customers quite oftenly own, right? It's probably one of the best or if not the best selling vehicle in North America. And so we're kind of tackling product for that, whether it's turbochargers, performance turbochargers, replacement turbochargers, or even the throttle sensitivity booster. Um, it's it's definitely an exciting market and and to be honest it's not that far of a step from um 
uh, from what we currently do, right? So it's, yeah, it, it's exciting because of the, the vehicles are typically used for similar situations, right? While they're not used to tow heavy, uh, as heavy as a, as a one ton or three quarter ton, um, in a lot of cases they're used to tow, right? So that customer is, is familiar, we're familiar with that customer and the requirements. So it's pretty interesting. So we're excited about that market. I have a lot of friends that are in the construction trades and some of them that own their own business, you know, they'll drive the, the platinum power stroke or the, uh, you know, the six, seven Cummins, but for a lot of their, you know, either project managers or just different people that they have doing jobs, they don't necessarily need that truck, but they have an F-150. And so these, these guys, while they're into diesels are also looking to say, Hey, can I get a little bit more out of, you know, these five or 10 or 15 F-150s I have, my project managers going all over the city, you know, getting projects done. And that's, that's, it's really cool to see. And I'm not the most knowledgeable on the EcoBoost platform, but it's always been something I've kind of been interested in to see the kind of torque that they make and what they're able to do. And then what a company like BD Diesel can help with, with the diesel background and the things you guys have been doing on diesel trucks for, for decades. For sure, and I think that that like I said, that gas market's exciting. There's a lot of volume out there too. Um, still got to educate the consumer, and it's about understanding the user's needs, which is really important. Um, we've kind of entered some into the gas car market as well. That TS boot, uh, booster enters that gas car market, which is exciting because um, there's some pretty pretty nice cars out there, pretty fun to drive cars, and and so we kind of target those markets as well. Now on the uh, the L5P stuff, I, I know we had touched on it a little bit before on our last episode, and I'm sure that's something that that uh, you know the release date or or the R&D on it might be pushed out a little bit. But I, I wanted to ask you, if, you know, for the Duramax fans out there, may have an L5P, is you know what uh, what things are you guys working on, or, or what's the you know, what do you think is going to be next to come out for for those trucks on the turbo side? Yeah, so that's a market we're currently tackling. Like you said, um, our preliminary data shows very promising results. Um, I don't have a timeline yet, just because of everything going on, kind of pushes everything sideways. But uh, um, it shows promising. There's still a lot uh, on the table um, from me talking to different tuners and so on and so forth. Typically, uh, they relate to the fact that they're air limited. Uh, there's still a lot more fuel that they could actually inject. Uh, but they're running out of turbocharger, um, and so and that's a that's an exciting proposition, right? So, and a lot of these trucks are producing good power, a good power that is actually emissions legal with carb numbers, uh, and so it's really exciting for us to uh, uh, to really to get into that market. So, yeah, we're excited about that. So, I can't really give you guys the time frame exactly when we're gonna have something uh, available, but it is something we're working on. How much demand do you hear from your customers or inquiries about some of the smaller diesel engines? They're like in the, the Canyon, the Colorado, um, you know, some of the other platforms that are going to be released. Are there a lot of people that are wanting or looking for solutions or it, are they still just so new that th- that market hasn't quite grown yet and, and started to really want certain upgrades for, for these smaller diesel engines? Yeah, I think, so that's an interesting market. Um, and we get the, the fringe customer um, that is enthusiast that wants something. Uh, and I kind of relate it to the eco diesel as well too. The eco diesel kind of bridge that yeah. gap a little bit more, right? 
but in a lot of cases like the canyon which is um, which is even smaller right these typical customers are maybe budget focused but then you got some that are not right and and so it's a tougher market and and then the concern is just the sheer volume right where you actually have some of these pickup trucks that are producing a couple hundred thousand of these trucks a year uh, heck if you could tackle um, one two three ten percent of that market uh, and, and that's a, a significant install base but in the case where the some of these smaller uh, volume vehicles there's they're only producing 10,000 a year, right? Case in point, the F-150 um, power stroke diesel, right? Uh, we thought that one was actually going to be a, a high demand, high volume, and so we really tackled that, and we purchased the vehicle, did some development, so on and so forth, but uh, to be honest, up till, what, five, six months ago, there's really only probably 12, 1,500 units on the road uh, in the United States. Uh, and so the uptake was very, very poor, but we still get the fringe call every now and then. Hey, what do you guys have for this? And so it's the install base that really suffers. That's the exact same sort of experience we have as well as we will get an email or a direct message from an enthusiast who's really into the eco diesel or power stroke or the, you know, the, the Duramax in, in these other platforms. And they want to see more product out there. They want, they want to see the aftermarket like an L5P or 6.7 Power Stroke or 5.9 or 6.7 Cummins, but the the time and then the volume is so different. It's not quite as quick, and it's very fascinating to watch, even within the diesel market or industry. That's it's a different segment, and it has it has a different focus than you know making an 800 horsepower street truck or you know the ultimate tow build. It, it, it's it's definitely definitely different. It's very exciting though to see you know, diesel engines in other platforms, and and I I hope it, it it catches on and those volume numbers are up there because they definitely serve a a purpose and and are exciting. The more diesel engines that, that are out there, the uh, you know the better it is. So hopefully they it, they catch on and those numbers get up there and we can start to see some aftermarket parts for them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would agree. I'd, and again, it's the volume that drives everything, right? Exactly. The uh, I know with you know some changes that have, that have been going on, UCC was was uh, moved out till this summer. And I definitely hope you know everything goes smooth and and everything like that. So I mean to see you know the competitors. I know you guys are always there. It's always great uh, you know for you guys to be able to you know, meet shop owners and fans and, and tons of people. And, you know, kind of get that race schedule, which has been something else we've talked about on the podcast is, is the involvement you guys have in the racing community and in the diesel community in general, supporting people and supporting the, the events and, and the one-on-one time. So I know that's something we're, we're all pulling for and, and, you know, hope to see you guys out there and, and, uh, the, you know, the BD race team out there performing and, and competing and, you know, defending the UCC title. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, those events are always good to see. Uh, they're always fun, and it's always good to see the people. Uh, you know, in a lot of cases, you talk to a lot of different people on the phone, and uh, it's probably uh, it's a good time to, to put a face to a name. So, Awesome, Christian. Well, it was fantastic to be able to chat with you today and, and catch up, and I hope that, uh, you know, you guys, the whole crew, you know, stay safe, get through this. You know, when we get back to talking about race trucks and builds and, 
3000 horsepower and, and, uh, new products hitting the market and everything like that. But it was fantastic to, to, you know, learn more about what, what you guys are doing to, you know, persevere through this, support your customers, your dealer network, your retailers, and, you know, what's going to be coming up here you know, pretty soon for us to be able to put on our trucks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to it. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and follow BD Diesel on Facebook and Instagram. They keep the diesel community updated really well with new products, things that they're working on, and then also sales. They've got a ton of sales that go year-round. It's not just Black Friday or at, at the holidays. They've got a lot of cool deals where you can save some money and get some stuff done to your truck that you've wanted to do while you know, you're at home social distancing and getting those projects wrapped up. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.